0: Hello and welcome back to a Mall Life podcast in season two here. Uh, I am Dave. And this is Don. And we're excited to get back into business and talk in mall shops. You know what's interesting is uh, this last couple weeks, uh, Morphe uh, went bankrupt and uh, they'd actually just vacated several stores. Do you remember when they came out and they were like the hit thing? What was it like 2017? It seems like a kind of yep. short window. Yep. Do you remember those guys coming out? I do remember them coming out. I never
1: had one as a tenant when I was managing. but uh,
0: Oh, man, I wanted one so bad, so bad. I mean, they went to two other sister properties, and I was like, oh, I need a Morphe store. And here we are five years, not even five years later, and I would have that store back, which yeah. they both do now. So, yeah. so sometimes the, the, the retailers don't really uh, live out in full. You, you know, know.
1: I, I forgot, David. Did I ever tell my Montgomery Ward story? Does that ring any bells? We, we had the Montgomery Ward coming soon.
0: Was that the one where the, the – Construction, construction guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. They, they, they moved a the construction guy from Colorado to Utah to build it, and uh, he was out there working in the yard getting – getting some bulldozer work done and I got a call from the home office saying Montgomery Warts filed bankruptcy and I went out and got the stopped the guy and I said uh, you may want to go call someone he said they just moved me here you, you got bad information and uh, no nah, it was good information and uh, this this guy had relocated from Colorado and had, had started and yeah, so, so, so,
0: sometimes the bankruptcies—they don't even tell, talk to each other in, in between what they're doing.
1: Well, and you know, with public companies too, everything's got to be kept quiet. I mean, you can't let a lot of stuff go. So, I mean, but still, that—that that seems yeah, sort of heartless to let some heartless. to move someone yeah. and then go. Yeah, just kidding. So that's not there. Well, we are.
0: Well, yeah, especially with those those bankruptcies, and and this is the time of year. January usually is the time of year when you start to see some of these things. You know, they get through the holiday season and you see some of those comes through. Well, we're we're excited today in the, in a mall life uh, world to welcome back uh, two of our guests, uh, Kevin, who is my dad. This uh, this time I'll make it a point in, in the beginning and and why I grew up in the industry, and uh, and uh, our good friend Dan as well. So welcome back, Kevin and Dan.
2: Thanks, guys. This is going to be fun. Thank you.
0: Well, last time we talked about a lot of different stories, everything from uh, everything from restaurants to uh, to. Uh, you know how to chop chicken on a concrete uh, hallway, which uh, you know is a is a tip for tricks at home, which is which is pretty awesome. But uh, today, I'd like to start off with uh, just a couple of different um, takes. One of one of the things in the mall is is that you're dealing with the public, and you have you know they they have a, the desire to get things for free, even even a, a five finger you know discount. And so, Dad, uh, do you have any good uh, or Kevin, do you have any good stories about? Uh, uh, five finger discounts perhaps.
2: So Dan and I were used to work uh, with a mall on the East coast. And, uh, I started there as the mall manager and general manager, and then he was the regional VP over it. And so I was, I was reading the security reports as they were always entertaining and somewhat scary. And so what happened was the, uh, a, a person who had grabbed a bunch of ladies ready to wear clothing. And exited the shopping, exited the department store on the second level. And right on her heels was department store security. And he goes up there and and now they're in the courtyard in front of that shop, that department store. And he stops her and they get into a tussle and she takes that the clothing and just chucks it over the rail. And so it's just raining clothes. Like a big old armload of clothes is just raining down below on the customers. And then he's trying to restrain her. He gets a hold of her sweatshirt and she turns around and backs out of it. And she doesn't have any clothes on from the waist up. And so she takes off running. And they're radioing our, our mall guys. They're on the same frequency. So they're radioing our guys and our guys driving around. She's running towards the bus stop like she's gonna fit in yeah. and just blend into the crowd. <laughs> well, on the way there, she had fallen and gotten kind of scraped up. And the small security guys get there and they they look at it and go, "What's going on?" And where's her shirt? <laughs> and then this little uh department store lady running behind him comes up and goes, "Here it is." <laughs> so they they get the shirt back on this lady and and get the state police out there to to take her away. But uh, but yeah, you, you just can't even make that stuff up. I mean, it's it's tragic, but you just, those are the things that we dealt with. And so reading a security report, particularly on a Monday morning, you, you wanted to take a deep breath before you went through some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, and I always- and You wrote... just prayed all weekend. You didn't
3: get that phone call.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We didn't have email or, or cell phones. If they called you, it was usually because you were going to be dealing with the media yeah. at some point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know what? It's still the it's still the standard operating procedure to give you a call if the media is going to be inbound because now there's just 47 text messages I have to send uh, when that happens. Sure. Yeah. But you know what, Dad? I always remember you telling that story and saying, at least she didn't steal a TV, you know? Yeah, so. <laughs> at least
2: she didn't steal something heavy. <laughs> like yeah. If she stole a TV and thrown it over the edge, she'd have killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I told the yeah, story. Uh-huh. Uh, we were talking earlier about the department store that you had worked for, Dan. It was Tallheimer's, that uh, when one of the markets, uh, they had a fur room there, and it was one of the few places they didn't have cameras. And the police department, they was a, had a
2: fur room, and it didn't have cameras. Didn't have sure. cam- yes.
1: And they said that the, uh, you know, the customer, that customer didn't feel comfortable. And this was 20 plus, uh, maybe 30 years ago now. And uh, the police, when they caught her. Uh, she'd been stealing furs she was they did a they did a tape that they handed out in the city or that they showed the retailers and she admitted to taking 6 furs from there uh, because it was easy, because there was no camera, and they asked her, "Why did you stop?" And she said, "Because I felt sorry for the store, and I thought, you know, it's nice <laughs> yeah, to I know- feel sorry for the
2: store. I've, I've cleaned them out of yeah, that's you know, right, five thousand dollars worth of fur. Yeah, you
1: have to believe you'd miss a fur pretty quickly. I mean, you know, if it's a if it's a shirt or something, that's one thing, but a fur, you'd think the inventory would be a little bit closer on that.
2: I had a, I had another one where it was. This was at my first mall. And so these guys had a little racket going on where they would go in and they would put on some new blue jeans. And then they'd hand their old blue jeans to their friend. And then they'd walk out with their new blue jeans that they just tried on. And and so the department store guys had just figured that out and they called the cops. And so the cops are coming up and they're talking to this perpetrator. And then the store guy goes, Hey, those are my new jeans. And the uh, the cop says, "You want him back?" And he says, "Yeah." <laughs> so they made this guy take him take him off, and all he's wearing is his BVDS and his cowboy boots. And so they they were trying to make a point. The police were, and so they they drove the police car down to the other end of the mall and then walked him all the way through the mall, <laughs> trying to make a point. But <laughs> uh, they weren't having none of that. But, well, uh, that's that's
1: an unusual perp walk. You don't. I haven't. I haven't seen any of those in the forty. I, I'm, 40 I'm actually
0: going to suggest that to the my my local police department <laughs> you, you, as a as a, know, as a the, best practice. The sad thing about well, this,
2: those, those were the '80s. They were dark
1: times yeah and and now they'd probably become a celebrity because uh, i mean it would get 10 million views he'd make money off of it or she and 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 you'd you'd be sued for walking them down the the mall There, yeah i
2: don't i don't think that would go for it today but back in those days it was it was kind of rough and ready dealing with some of those small town police departments
1: yep uh i tell you what I, i was always happy for him though and and you know one of the one of the first things you always did wherever you went is you made friends with a with the police department because uh, a nice response time was your best friend. Uh, always
2: be nice to police guys. Yeah. They, they would come and yep. do a lot of good work on our property.
1: Yep. Did I see something and something you said earlier about budget presentations or something about getting your budgets approved?
2: Yeah, Dan, Dan was always uh, working these uh, asset manager guys and they, they would have these annual budget meetings that they'd They go through all of us mall manager guys, and we'd be all worked up about that, trying to, you know, it's like the asset manager sitting there like, amuse me, you know, (laughs) like we're coming in with this big presentation. (laughs) So anyway, Dan's got a good story about uh, dealing with asset managers, and I've got another one as well.
3: Yeah, we uh, worked on the third-party management side of, of our company's business. And we ran, I don't know, at one time we ran about 70 malls in third party, and the majority of them was was with one asset management advisor. I would become a new regional VP, and I had budget meetings with two malls in Colorado. Uh, The asset manager worked for an institutional client of ours during third-party business. He was known for being a rough, tough kind of a guy, and people kind of were afraid of him. So the night before the budget meetings, we all get together and meet for dinner. A small team, me and my regional manager, the asset manager, his financial guy. And so I was forewarned by, by my, my boss that this gentleman might like to drink a bit. So I said, okay. So, anyway, so after dinner, he, he, he wants to have a couple cocktails. Well, we have shut down the restaurant bar and then we shut down the hotel bar. And I think we left the hotel bar around somewhere where I got upstairs around three o'clock. We got to the next meeting, the next meeting were the next morning at nine o'clock and they didn't show up. The asset management team never showed up. They didn't show up until about 11 and only because we woke him up. Um, <laughs> so they get over there to the mall office and the mall, mall teams are just really a little bit agitated, but very nervous. And so he has his coffee. They, we sit down. He makes a couple of comments, makes a couple of comments on the budgets. And then he closes the budget book and says, "You know what?" He said, "Dan and I solved all these problems last night. We approved the budgets last night. See you later." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Probably
3: the best money I've ever spent on alcohol.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, except for that terrible headache you had.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. And I had to fly back to, uh, to Minnesota that night. So I uh, one of the. Companies- you know, on those kinds
2: of things I used to tell you guys. You drank so much, even I got a headache.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Well, Kevin would be nursing his uh, cranberry and soda.
2: Yeah, I looked like I was going to throw a kidney stone. I had <laughs> to drink all that cranberry
3: juice. <laughs> I uh, in one of the companies I worked
1: for, I had forty strip centers and presenting those budgets. This it was in Chicago, and it was a huge table. There's like forty chairs there, and you know you're up there. You've got the hand drawn lease charts. You know, remember you used to, you know, and and going through, and it was it was just brutal. But uh, I always. Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I always try to find a funny something to do. And, and uh, the we were living in Atlanta at that time. We had some old computers, and we were selling them to employees. And I was helping an employee take an old one down to the car. And uh, a guy got on the elevator with us, and it was the uh, headquarters for Seiko Watches. And the guy's watching us go down, and he said, uh, You got computers for sale? And I said, Yeah. And he said, uh, You know, I've been looking for one. And he said, any way I can buy one? And I said, I don't know. And I said, let me check. So I called the home office, and I said, do you care if I sell them to other people? And they said, we just want them gone. And so uh, I said, well, I'll buy it, and then I'll sell it to them. So uh, I told him I'd get him one, and he said, what do you, what do you want for it? And uh, I said, well, I like your watch. And so uh, the next thing I know, I swapped one of those computers for a watch. So that became the joke whenever the company would call for me if I wasn't at my desk, they'd go, "Is pot out there swapping computers for watches?" You know, was he got Because we we ended up getting rid of a bunch of them that way. But he used yeah, to, just
2: he, back of a truck.
1: That's right. And uh, you know, the company got the hundred dollars they wanted for the computer, and so we were we were getting watches, and he was letting me buy the uh, the uh, uh, the ones they took out for demos, and I could buy a silver one. I think it was for thirty dollars and a gold one for thirty five so you know they wow. take these watches out so it became quite the joke about me and my watch business on the side so I was going up for a budget meeting and I got a briefcase and I strung all this fishing line in there and I went down to them and they had a bunch of watches that had no inside they were just the band they didn't have the clasp, clasp on them so they could just show people cause you know you know how so uh, and then I had an admin who worked for me who sold fake uh, Rolexes at at um uh, flea markets. And she also had, remember when, when some of the watches had a cigarette lighter inside, a little butane thing, and it, it looked like a speaker yeah. on top. So I sit next to the chairman of the company and I opened my briefcase. And here I've got all these watches hanging here on this, the, the fake Rolexes, all the other. And he looks over and he sees the one that has the the propane, and he thinks it's a speaker, so he grabs it and holds it to his ear and said, What does this one play? And I'm just going, Please, Lord, don't lie. Please, Lord, don't lie. <laughs> and that, but uh, we were going up one time, our asset manager had been riding a motorcycle, and a bee flew into his helmet and into his ear, and it had to be surgically removed. So, for that budget print, uh, presentation, I went and bought a leather headband. Cut off the end of two fly swatters and attached them to the end of the headband, so he could wear it underneath his helmet. And but I always tried to start off the meeting with something fun because those meetings never ended up fun. So at least try to have some fun somewhere along the way.
2: No, dealing dealing with uh, the owners' representatives as and asset manager was always very very difficult, and they're under a lot of pressure to to perform. And, you know sometimes these these shopping centers were the largest asset in a particular fund. And so it could swing the whole portfolio if, if right. something went south. And so those were kind of a mess. I had a I had a funny one. If you guys got a second, this yeah. one was. And Dan remembers remembers this because these asset managers, we take them out to dinner, like at Ruth's Chris or or Morton's or somewhere, and they're just they're. I think the the bill they. I was a junior vice president, and they stuck me with a bill. It was like six hundred bucks for four of us, you know, because these other two characters kept adding stuff to the bill. And so they're telling this story and they said, well, th- so we're managing one of these malls for this pension fund. And their asset manager is a straight laced, straight shooter. And there had been some discussion about demolishing a, f- a four story building or so out in front of the property. We had an old office building that, re- that really wasn't its highest and best use. And so they wanted to take it down. And so the consensus opinion was, well, we need to tear that building down. And so this asset manager authorizes us as the mall company to, to tear the building down. And so we get on it. We, we certainly t- yeah. tumble the building. And there was a, there was a newspaper article of some somebody making mud balls and lighting them because the gas station next door had been leaking onto the site. And so some of that dirt was contaminated. And so, we tumble the building and so several weeks later one of these other executives wants to resurrect this conversation about whether we should tear the the building down because he didn't know the building was down and so now this 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 asset manager's going oh no because i thought they told me to tear it down and i told the, the mall company to tear it down so he's got his He's got his resignation in his (laughs) suit jacket pocket here. And he goes in and all of these executives are here and he's presenting and they're talking about the pros and cons of tearing this dumb building down. And they finally decided to, that yes, it was a good idea to, to tear it down. Well, these guys that are, that are telling us the story are saying, you know, he's keeping his cool through this whole thing, except there's this, Pesky bead of sweat that just keeps <laughs> running down the side of his face, you know, kind of getting in his way, and he's brushing that off. And and so anyway, they they said, "Yeah, I'll tear the building down." And then a couple of days later, somebody asked him about it. He said, "Oh, that building's down. Yeah, we were already locked and loaded, so we just tore it down, and and it's done." Well, all of his fellow asset managers wanted to give him some some award or or um, or or whatever for bravery because they thought he had the biggest cojones of anybody they'd ever met. <laughs> he was cool doing that during that yeah. and, and not losing it because he, you know, his his life was on the line on that one. But but yeah, that's a true story.
0: That's, yeah. That's incredible. It, that's awesome.
3: Interesting. Uh, you know, this asset manager um uh, we, we we ran some properties for the um, both in Minneapolis and in Detroit, um, we had a new we had a new manager in Detroit at one of, the, one of the one of the stores, the one mall, excuse me. And so, at the second time in that this asset manager he comes to his, his his properties, he meets with uh, this this new mall manager. I guess it was the second time that he had met him, but the second time around, Gene was feeling very comfortable with his uh, new uh, asset manager. So he wanted to sh- show him some computer graphics. So he took he took the home. the asset manager, the owner, into his office, shuts the door, and opens up his commu- computer. And the mall graphics are porn. And he cool. went this asked the manager, who's as straight laced as one could be, this this porn on his computer. Needless to say, the guy lasted two more days, and he was gone. I'm surprised that, it took two days. I think I think I think this guy probably went through some more. Interesting stories than we did, and the asset, in the yeah, asset as a manager.
0: Wow, that that's pretty relaxed for the second time you're meeting your asset manager. I, I can't I imagine like, how yeah, many I mean, times you would need to meet yeah, him this, before this you think like that's years ago,
3: guys. So yeah. it was. I don't know how soon porn got on the internet, but I assume pretty quickly. So <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: wow. wow.
3: <laughs> this guy, I knew him because I'd worked with him once before in another company. He's got. And he's got these three kids, he and his wife, and everywhere they go, it's some of those old uh step to those big old those big old vans, conversion vans. So they liked him in, in, in Detroit because it was an American made car.
0: Oh yeah. Showing showing up with with the hometown favorite. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, Speaking of asking managers, you know, and getting approvals, uh, you know, um, sometimes when we're doing construction in the mall and doing different things as as we're going, you know, we like to cover our bases, like uh, like like when we're you know, I want to go and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm about to cut power off or I'm about to, uh, you know, so like for the food court, if I'm going to cut the power off for the food court or the water line, cause I'm going to redo it. Like in my food court, I had to redo the Western side, uh, loop. And so you tell all of the tenants like, Hey, we're going to shut off the water line. You got to sign for this and that kind of stuff. Have you, dad, uh, dad, Kevin, did you have any experiences with something like that?
2: Yeah. So, uh, so you've just covered kind of a little bit on, on how it works. When we've got a new tenant and we've got a fresh space that hasn't been worked on, we don't have any plumbing in there. So we've got to, we've got to tie that plumbing in. And, and so everybody gets a little notice the night before that says, Hey, from eight o'clock to nine o'clock, the water's probably going to be off. So everybody plan accordingly. And every, every store manager has got to sign that once we get everybody signed, we're clear to, to shut the, the power or the water down the next day. And so we did that at this, at this shopping center. And so the, so this is one of my buddies. He was a, he was a Chicago Italian and he was down at a property in the South. And he was reading me the lawsuit step you know, step-by-step, whereas somebody did this to wit and whatever. So anyway, he says, so anyway, we sent that around and everybody signs off, including the local, the national chain hairstylist. And so they didn't happen to tell the lady that had an early appointment in the morning before that they opened. They they opened at 10, but sometimes they take an early appointment. Well, they didn't tell the lady in the morning that the water was going to be off. So some poor customer comes in and gets a, a hair permanent. And so it's got all these big chemicals on her hair. And it comes time to rinse all of that off. And she opens those two valves and there's no water. And so this hairstylist just panics and goes, Oh no. And this is, this is before there's bottled water. That wasn't a thing back then. And so she grabs this lady and drags her back into the, uh, to the little bathroom that they have. It's just a little powder room, little bathroom. And she starts scooping water out of the toilet on this lady's (laughs) hair to try to get the chemical. And obviously this lady is, restrict is resisting and arguing no you can't do that blah 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 and so this hairstylist grabs this lady's head and chucks it into the john <laughs> <laughs> and, and gets, it gets to gets all the chemical out and so this this mall manager is reading me the lawsuit step by step <laughs> on who did what to whom and oh. uh and so anyway well because we had that signature it was it was that uh, retailer's job to defend the law defend us in the lawsuit because we were also named, and so for for a longest time afterwards, anytime I call him up, I'd ask him what the go and wait for a swirly was down there at his <laughs> mall, and whether that was going to be a permanent <laughs> offering or not.
1: Oh, permanent offering. So uh, how would her hair turn out? Do we know that? Did it did. It, did her hair
2: do okay? Yeah, did she save her hair? Would yeah, you have a good perm? Something. Was it a good curl, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, well, it was some sort of a a perm of 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 unknown origin, but <laughs> but uh, anyway, the lady was pretty mad and uh they had to they had to defend us in that lawsuit, but yeah, he's actually reading me the lawsuit and I am just dying. Well, now that was one of the funniest things I'd ever
1: heard. You know, I think I know now why you see some people with blue hair. The the water was off and they had to take tidy bowl water and and uh <laughs> And rinse it out. I, I I never knew where that came from. But. It
2: was it was actually yeah, cutting it's cutting, the, it's the tiny ball, tiny ball perms. So yeah, that's can, right. They yeah. can get blue hair, and maybe that's what the blue rinse was all yeah, about. Yeah, hey, there you go. I had no I idea never really that might knew be what that was all about. But.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know much about hair anyway, but uh that's uh, my joke is that I went bald because when I saw how much my wife's perms were, we both couldn't afford hair. And and she looked better with it than than uh, than I, so we kept hers. Let mine go.
2: Yeah, that's kind of like when we radioed my uh, my uh, well, our operations director. You know, we, the the big. I'm listening to the radio, and this call comes over the radio. It says, "Hey, there's a, there's a guy standing by the ATM, and he's clutching his chest, and we think he's got problems." And the ops director comes back. And he says it's me. I just looked at my ATM balance. <laughs> and the, and the secretary goes, really? He goes, no, not really. I'm running there now. <laughs> you were talking. <laughs> those, or- those ops guys were funny. I had another one that was colorblind. And so when you, when they're going in looking at a thermostat, you'd have to bring some kid to tell him which one was the red wire, which one was the, <laughs> the blue wire. And so we we had this uh we had a string of car theft and we were working with the local state police trying to catch these guys and so the state police said you got some guy that's trying to steal a car and so the ops guy heads for the roof and he takes this other guy with him and they're running and the guy says well why am i running with he says you got to tell me what color the car is That's
0: awesome. Cut the cyan color wire, Billy. Cut yeah. the cyan yeah. color wire.
1: Well, I'm glad he I'm glad he, he went into operations at a bomb tech. That could have been oh, It yeah. Would so.
0: have been bad yeah, to be I'm a just, bomb tech. Yeah.
2: I'm just glad he wasn't on the bomb squad. Yeah. You know? Cut the red wire. Um yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. that's still one, that's, that? that's still one of my most you know, like sometimes you you have advertisements that you can remember from growing up and my favorite one was I think it was the Pennsylvania lottery and it was a pick, the the whole setup on this thing and i've and i've looked for a copy of this and i can't find it but it was a trivia game uh, scratch-off ticket you know but their tick, their their whole commercial was a guy a bomb squad guy underneath a car looking at a bomb and then like the radio from like police headquarters and he's going "billy cut the cyan color wire" <laughs> And then he's going, cyan color wire. And then it has a flashback to, like, his fourth grade teacher. And she's like, what color is cyan, Billy? <laughs> and he's like, kind of pinkish, right? <laughs> Boom! You know, like, it's like, you know. And, and it just shows the blow up. And he go, it goes, you know, remember trivia. Try the trivia for this poker. and uh, But for this lottery game. And I was like, and I, you know, never bought one because I was underage at that point. But. But that's like, oh, man, just even to this day, that, that advertisement just sticks with me because it's like, yeah, Billy, cut the cyan yeah, color right. wire.
1: And now we'd be going no radio transmission near anything. <laughs> yeah. cause what are you doing on the radio, that's dude? Right. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. you also got to remember in, in our operations manuals, when I first started, if there was a bomb threat, it said, "Go check this area and see if you can hear ticking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Because they didn't go to Radio Shack and get a five-dollar electronic <laughs> timer or something. Oh, yeah. Operations guys were a uh, were their own special breed. Uh, we had a uh, I had a mall that I managed that had a theme park in it, oh. and and the theme park had a a little river that went through it and a waterfall, and so if you got a bird in the mall, they could always get food and they could always get water. And so I had a, I had a starling in the mall, which is a kind of a blackbird and they're, they're a little bit aggressive. And so, you know, this, this starling starts flying down and grabbing people's French fries, like right off of their, right off their table. He's getting really bold. And so we're, we're saying, all right, well, we got to do this guy in because we can't get him, we can't get him stuck on a, one of those bird traps and we can't turn off the mall lights and get him to go somewhere. And so me and the ops director on Thanksgiving day, we got a, we got a 10 screen cinema and a 10 bay food court. And they're all in the same deck with this dumb theme park. And we're trying to hunt down this starling. We got a, some cheap BB gun that we're going to try to knock this, this bird down with. And so he's up high and the ops manager hands it to me because he doesn't want to do it. And so I take a, I take aim at this bird and I, I shoot up there and there's, I put a hole in the glass at about 75 feet. Up we had this big <laughs> curtain wall of glass. I'm still dying to go down there and see if I can still see that bullet hole in the, in the glass. And well, that's not working. So we said, all right, well, we've got to, we got to entice this bird to, to come down here and we'll see if we can shoot him on the ground and, and get him outside. And, and so I go over to the, uh, I go over to the cinema and I walk in there and I said, Hey, uh, we're trying to trap a bird out here. I need some popcorn. And the kid goes plain or buttered. And I said, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think you'd like? <laughs> Give me some popcorn. Plain or buttered. So I go back out there and we sprinkle some popcorn on the ground. And pretty soon this dumb bird shows up and, and my ops director's laying down on the floor and he gets a good shot at him and just kind of wings him he's not dead he just you know not able to fly for a minute and so we finally grab him and take him outside and he's at least got a fighting chance of of staying alive but but uh you know so so we were we were always making jokes about going hunting on thanksgiving day for for the fresh catch and it was a starling in that particular period of time
0: well, and plain or buttered? I mean, that's the question for all birds now. Is it plain or is yeah. it buttered? A plain
2: or buttered? I don't know.
0: Give me some popcorn. Well, and that, and that takes me back to my first one of our first stories that I told was was about my godfather of sparrows. And those sparrows in my mall, they liked panda panda meat, panda orange chicken, sesame seed buns from McDonald's, and French fries. And that was their that was their go to. I mean, I brought all kinds of stuff on Thanksgiving one year. My house manager's out there with seeds and greens and and whatever they needed the sparrows needed and that, that was their thing and they wouldn't touch it for a 10 mile pull but a sesame seed bun from mcdonald's and they you know we got four out of the eight
1: <laughs> you know what crazy. you like yeah well
0: and you know you you gotta like what you like and yeah. and, and live the regal life you know as birds do that's
2: awesome yeah, it was it was crazy you'd get a you'd get an animal inside the mall and it was it was tough
0: is that is that the same is that the same mall where you didn't you have one where you took a newspaper out and you had to hold a newspaper out to get one of the birds once do you remember that story I think you what? I think it was a security director that might have been a good shot an old old security but anyway I, I remember some story but I think that's the I think it's the starlight butter or Plainder butter that I remember yeah, the, that yeah I
2: think that was that was probably the one the rest of them you know I get a dog in the mall sometimes or I you know we'd get a some other critter wandering through and then you got to find a way to get it out of there but but it, it was not so easy
0: you know it's uh, um with the different varieties of, of centers you know that center had the best uh chili dogs i i still growing up i remember because i was younger going to that mall more mostly out of the fun but, uh, but I remember that mall had the greatest chili dogs, and even to this day, I still remember those as being the best chili dogs that I had. Yeah, whenever we had a
2: photo shoot, I'd just call your mother, and she'd get a whole bunch of friends with kids, and they'd come in, and, and we'd do a photo shoot in the park, and then we'd feed them chili dogs in between the, in between the photo shoots.
0: I just, remember, I just remember showing up with a, it was like a cookie sheet full of chili dogs, and it was, it was amazing. It was like the best photo shoot ever.
2: Yeah, I still have that picture around here somewhere. The corporate office figured out they didn't want it, so I threw it in the back of my car and, and brought it home. It's around here somewhere.
1: Kevin, when did you know that uh, Dave was going to follow in your footsteps?
2: Well, so uh, so Dave calls me one day. I'm in the corporate office, and I'm head of IT. And he calls me up, and he says, and he says Hey, did you know that your, your company has a, an internship program? I said, yeah, I'm I'm part of it. I'm helping out with certain pieces of it. I said, why? He says, well, because I just got accepted in this mall as, as an intern. And I said, okay. Did you did you tell him who you're related to? He goes, No, why? I said, well, I just think it would be a good idea if you told him that you were related to me. And, well, my- and he said, so he does that and the, the mall manager calls me up. He says, Hey, I got your kid here. And I said, "Well, make him work. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't give him any slack. Make him work hard." And so he finishes his his uh, internship there. Eventually, gets a degree, and and then applies to be an assistant manager and and uh, and joins us. And so uh, he, uh, he 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 did his own thing and and uh, and made his own way. I didn't do any of it, but uh, I thought it was hysterical when it was just like. Yeah, why why should I tell him that? Well, it's just a good idea. Why don't you just why not you just tell them that you're related to one of the senior vice presidents of the company?
0: You know, yeah, yep. Didn't think didn't think anything of it. There was why would I tell them I'm related? I just thought it was a good idea. I like malls.
2: Yeah, you'd you'd been in them a lot, and and why not? You were in mall commercials when when you were tiny as well. Yeah, we were always shooting you guys in the in the mall commercials for for the theme park. Which is a terrible idea, by the way, to put one of those in a mall. I was yeah, the I was the mall manager and the head fund guy at the same time, and it was just terrible. The only place I
3: think it's ever worked is the mall of America.
2: Yeah, and that's because they, they put significant money in it. We Yeah, they did. We put about ten percent of of the investment in rides and stuff, and it was just uh it was insanity. But uh because you know, mall guys aren't used to dealing with cash. It's not a cash business right the tenants pay a, a rent check to a bank and the bank deposits it and then tells us who deposited what it's a drop box and uh and so you know two weeks into this mall we're trying to figure out how much cash to keep on hand and some some dingbat from accounting comes down walks into our room and my my park manager who used to be an ops guy is smoking light one cigarette after another one with the other one. And we got this table. So this room is full of smoke. And we got this table stacked with cash. It's an eight foot (laughs) table. It's just stacked with cash. I thought the guy was going to pass out. (laughs) But we reconciled, you know, tickets to cash and cash to this and blah, 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 to within, you know, just pennies. And and so the the company, because the company thought, oh, no, they're down there stealing tickets and stealing cash and whatever yeah. so we did this big reconciliation and we said you know you're the guys that told us to do this i mean what do you think i didn't build this bus i'm just <clears> driving it <throat> and, and you guys you know throw me into the middle of this fire this is what Fair. you got but yeah we weren't we weren't used to managing cash it was a mess yeah. we had They're also open yeah kevin uh they converted it into a uh they converted the theme park into a uh, bass pro and then in the single level mall they just made boxes out of it and the thing had a terrible the going in return on it was only like 7% at a time when you know, when malls were delivering you know well into the double digits returns and and so this was a terrible deal from the get go the chairman said it was the worst site he'd ever seen but one of his key people had talked him into doing this deal yeah and, yeah he, he just said it was the worst site he'd seen in 35 years of developing but and you know and in, and in that day they just needed a nut to go stick his hand in the fire and that was me so I got I got talked into that but I learned a lot and you know and then uh and then when I went to the next mall where Dan and I met you know I'd, I'd had quite an education for four years so yeah it was, uh it actually prepared me to do a bunch of other things but that thing was a mess from the day we started it till the day I left. And it was never as good as when I was there. It continued to deteriorate. It was just- Well, um, I
3: mean, you had, you were the the guy holding your finger in the dike there. I mean, that's, you know, you, once you left, there wasn't anybody left to, to have that kind of passion for what you're trying to get done there as you did. I actually, I actually met you. Know, the first time I met you was at that mall. Right. with Bill Horvath. Right. Because, because He was wanting to do something like that in the Quad Cities, which we ended up doing a a, a game room, a huge game room up front with some rides. But yeah, right. What a mess.
1: Uh, When you were talking, an example
2: of what not to do. But anyway, those were the times, and it was a goofy mall. And we were going across, you know, the street from another one, and things didn't go like we planned. So
3: yeah, the other the other one just continues to be the big dog yeah
2: it it continued to thrive even though we showed up and it was it was a mess but also you know we had we had a semi we had a demographic study and a psychographic study and I get there and read them and I go we are so toast because <laughs> nobody's reading this stuff and I can just tell you we're gonna die so it was it was a mess but uh, well, but I learned a lot and and it, it helped me in the career elsewhere.
0: Well, and, and you always tell the story that you ran it for four years and it was the best four years of its life. In two years, it was under construction.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's best two years was while it was under construction. Yeah. After, after it was open, boy, it was, so I was there two years pre-development because of a a legal issue where we had to actually move the mall construction over a bit. Uh, even after you've already got the underground in and, uh, And then two years after the mall was open, and it was just a firefight every single day. It was Mm -hmm. everything was messed up. From
3: we took Kevin out of that property and moved him to Philadelphia. Best move you made in your life, probably.
2: Yeah, it was it was the best move. I get there and and when something's wrong with the mall, I say, "Oh, I know how to fix it." And when you fix it, it actually gets fixed. Yeah. And and, uh, you know because we've got plenty of rooftops and plenty of money and. And the that owner wants to put money in the in the center and rehab it, and we had a forty two percent increase in NOI that year, and things Ooh. were good. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah,
0: we
3: Kevin worked with a pretty good team, leasing team, development team, and they really turned that thing around with the new development that we did there. So, was that we did we add Boscos there? We yep. did. That's where we put yeah,
2: it in. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, yeah. at all dead Stern store and and put in a Boscos. Which that was, was awesome. just perfect for that market. Everybody loved that store and, and it was perfect for that market. And. Well, well,
3: Boscoff knew what he was doing.
2: Yeah, he was a character. I liked him. Yeah. I met, I met him a few times and he was nice to me. He was a good guy.
3: He uh that formula would not work with anybody else. It had to, you know, that, was his, that was his baby.
2: No, he was He's very not- promotional and the the front of the store was always kind of chaotic with a lot of tumble tables and stuff and somebody complained about that department store and uh the head of development said well they're doing 50 million dollars what do you want me to tell them you know and that they <laughs> you know pennies was doing maybe 18 or 20 if it was maybe. a good place and so he says yeah they're doing 50 million bucks what would you like me to go tell them and everybody kind of shut up at that point like uh okay
0: yeah never mind yeah but yeah they're Get promotional
2: in and, and yeah they've got a bunch of trailers full of as seen on tv garbage in the front but it worked. Everybody loved it. They would spin the wheel and so you'd go in there and they had a normal discount and then you'd spin the wheel for another 10% or something. And they were just ridiculous deals, but they were very promotional and and everybody loved them. They were, they were from up in, uh, where were they from? Sc- not Scranton. Ready. Yeah. They were the boys from the Borscht belt as they used to call them. Belt. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. uh, they were just, uh, they're just characters, but really fun guys. There's
3: a guy that worked for us up in Massachusetts, uh, Jim Walsh. Yeah. He ended up being the vice president of real estate for Al for quite a while. Yeah.
2: Oh wow.
3: Of course, every so often he'd call me up and say, get
0: me out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Find find me, find me a way to go. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so this has been a awesome second round with you guys and some fun stories. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to start asking for uh, swirlies at my uh, at my next uh, my, my
1: next. That, that is one of the most disgusting stories I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Make sure it's blue. Yeah. Well,
0: gotta, well I'm, get the blue uh, rents or, yeah. or get the swirly. Yeah, yeah you, you you get to pick, but uh, <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, that's... Uh, well, and it's probably deservedly so. A lawsuit at that uh, yeah, at that I point, think, but, I uh... think
1: uh, that's uh, I'd, I'd rather be. Uh, prosecuting that one than defending it. Yes. <laughs> I think there's something... <laughs> totally, uh, totally so, true. So well,
0: good. Dan, thank you very much for joining us today. Yep. You're welcome.
1: Thank and, you. And, I enjoyed it.
0: And Kevin, awesome uh, awesome again, Dad, and great to have you on, on the show with us.
2: Yep, you've you've done well in the industry. I'm very proud. Oh, well, thank you, thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us today, and we are grateful for your listening and uh, share, share the stories. Please reach out. Uh, hit us up on LinkedIn if you... Uh, I've actually been thinking about doing uh, – someone actually contacted me and said, what about having a and a in the future where we have people ask questions about things you wish you knew about a mall or what you always thought happened? Somebody even thought, is there, you know, is there a secret room or something like that that could, that could be hidden no, somewhere? We, we and- can't tell them. Well, I know we can't tell them those kind of things; they're secrets. But, uh, but we can at least have Q and A. So, hit us up on LinkedIn. Uh, check us on. Uh, check me out on Instagram at uh, at that mall guy. And we're working on other ways to get some communication out there to you. But uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time.